0: Well, welcome, Ahad. It's great to have you, and successfully, I can't believe that we're finally doing this. Right. Before I get started, I want you to introduce yourself to the audience so successfully.
1: Sure, yeah. So, my name is Ahad Kaskurlu. I'm an ex-white-collar worker. (laughs) When you say this, it sounds bad, but used to be a white-collar worker. Guilty. What can I do? Uh, So, I'm Turkish by nation. Uh, I worked in a lot of different industries, but my top two babies are airlines and... uh, automotive so i really enjoyed airlines i it was really tough for me to get out of airlines with all this covid madness happening because nothing was ever moving uh i have i am married i have three kids those are the uh, blue collar workforce that i have behind this company right now moving things left and right uh super excited to be here i it's been so long since we worked together i feel like it's been like Like the time, the years hasn't been that long. It's maybe, maybe like five, six, seven years. But I feel like both of us, we had so many accomplishments in the middle. It just feels like it's been 35 years ever since we worked together. But yeah, super excited to do this.
0: So just to share a little bit more of the backstory for everybody, you and I, we both work together in a big corporation, right? Yeah. So yeah. we had those conversations about one day <laughs> we will be running our business yeah. and we won't be here. So it's funny because we were showing up dedicated to our job, but we were also dedicated to ourselves like at night yeah, and preparing for the business. So, and back then, yeah. I
1: mean, you had, you had ideas. Back then I was clueless. I
0: didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you've been very efficient once you make a decision uh-huh. like that's actually really really respectable so i had to change a lot of things in the process so all right yeah. so you work for two airlines big airlines so you had actually really successful uh career in, in yeah. operation when you say x y color it sounds like you had to you just basically you were in jail for, for hours. i No, right yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's why I say it sounds bad, but it's the reality. I mean, I really loved my job at Delta. I mean, I stayed with Delta Airlines for more than six years. It was product management, which was we get to do uh, determine what the seat is going to look like, what the seat cushion will be, where we're going to source the materials, how big the screen is going to be, and like putting, your, like putting yourself in the shoes of that customer and sitting in that seat and saying, okay, 31 inches of pitch is great. 29 sucks so I don't want to do 29 and then moving on to sales that gave me a lot of uh, knowledge into uh, channel management because when you think about a big 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 company that flies over 200 million people every year they have so many channels and they manage these channels really professionally and my 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 knowledge in the airline industry is Delta is by far the best company and I'm so lucky that I got to work with them and like they're the most profitable company before COVID. Let's not talk about COVID, but before COVID, so I got that exposure in channel management. We had channels where we had crazy average fares, and it was really lucrative for us. But they had their own drama, and then we also had some channels as we used for fillers. So that gave me the concept of channel management, which I currently apply in my in my life as my channel management and retail strategy or online strategy. And then I moved into pricing. Uh, which I've done pricing with Turkish airlines before and revenue management. So that was really cool because now you get to determine how much Lizette is going to be paying on her next trip from California to, I don't know, Iceland. So I like, I write it down. It's, it's got to be at least $838. So that was really a lot of fun because we used to manipulate. I mean, manipulate is a bad word, but we used to do it. Traffic to flow in certain routes when we needed some traffic. And then when we, had such a strong market. Then I learned how to protect that market share and really take that premium and keep it at a premium. And how can you merge all this knowledge between product and channel and pricing to kind of harmonize all together and create this really like holistic and umbrella approach to airline management. And then I moved up the ladder a couple of times. It was great, Uh, COVID happened, but I launched this business that we're gonna be talking about Before this all happened, everything was great and we still launched this business. So yeah, I I mean, I feel like the 99% of the success that I bring to this company, like I personally bring to this company without the other stakeholders is probably uh, derived from my time at Delta. Uh, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. It was a great time.
0: Well, I actually, not to sponsor Delta, but I also love the brand, so, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so let's get you into, Delta. <laughs> I remember, I was like, hey, what deals are in Delta, so, um, all right, so let's talk about your business now, so just so everybody can know what is it is that you do now, so all this experience, I feel like the corporation is such a great experience for us to really learn how to run a business, so. Now you decided to launch a brand of olive oil, uh, Cetil. Yeah. So tell us more about it.
1: So being with Delta, you travel a lot. Uh, we were just one time in Italy, just a random trip. We used to think Friday morning, where should we go next? And we used to jump, jump on a plane Friday evening and go somewhere and come back on a Sunday. So one time we ended up being in Italy, in the middle of nowhere. <clears throat> it's me and my wife and our uh, middle son. So we arrive at this hotel that's in the middle of nowhere. Like the nearest town is 30 miles away. There's nothing around us. We arrive at the hotel at 9 p.m. And then uh, we're hungry. We put the baby to sleep and then we can't go anywhere. So we just went down to a restaurant and we say, hey, uh, do you guys have a restaurant? She's Like, yeah, cool. But you're going to have to wait because I'm going to be taking your order. I'm going to be cooking your food. I'm like pretty much everyone. We say, okay, that's fine. And she says, here's a bottle of olive oil. Uh, take it and just enjoy until I bring you the food in about an hour like wow okay so she gives us the olive oil and she says oh we do this olive oil in the back it's like the olive trees are in the back of this property so when you wake up next morning go we taste that olive oil and my wife has been honestly pushing me every single time you know Leah she's been saying we got to do something we got to do something we got to do something Turkey has so many things that we can do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, like so many things. And I was like, well, I don't know that. I don't know this. I don't know that. When we ate the olive oil, like it was that epiphany moment. It was the Eureka. We said, okay, this is great. How can we do the same or can we do the same from Turkey? Because I knew basic information that Turkey was probably top five in terms of olive oil production. I knew that the representation in the American market was super low. You see Italian, Greek, Spanish, but who cares about Turkey? So there was that opportunity in the market gap. Uh, And then there was also the opportunity because you can go and speak the language and actually source these products and have a really rapid learning about olive oil. We said, okay, cool, let's try it out. So we went back to Turkey uh, after a while and we said, okay, we're going to actually do this. We talked to a couple of people and the original idea was we're going to buy some good quality olive oil. Back then, we didn't know anything about good quality, like good quality. Like, what is good quality? No idea. I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. So uh, we did that and we said, okay, 2018 will be, will be the launch year. And then, I'm sorry, 2019 will be the launch year and it's going to be the proof of concept. Can we actually create this business and sell somewhere, somehow? Is it going to be well-received from a, some type of customer demographic? And then we ordered maybe 4,000 bottles and we just did everything ourselves. We did the labels on PowerPoint. Uh, we procured the bottles and the caps and everything. Uh, really like one by one. It was a really uh, interesting time in our life. I mean, we were being backed by two really secure corporate jobs. So we had the uh, opportunity to kind of like take it slow and take it easy, no rush, try to do everything perfect. But we also didn't use that. Paycheck to go out and hire a person for every single task. Like we didn't hire someone for this and that and this and that. So we just tried to really keep it to a startup culture, even though we were working other jobs. And then I feel like that's the moment where we actually started learning a lot more versus just commissioning a project to someone, paying him a thousand dollars, and then getting the product in return. And then we did the olive oils. It was great, but it wasn't the thing that we wanted it to be. Uh, so we continuously start improving on it like even when, even before we had the first shipment uh, leave the port in Turkey, we changed the label again like we changed the label, we changed the procurement, we changed the methodology and it's a seasonal product. you can only produce olive oil in uh, october, November, December that's it. So once you miss that season, you have all these nine other months to actually do r; d and try to get ready for the next season so that's what we were doing now. And then um, we received our first batch in uh, June, uh, towards the end of June. And then we had to learn how we're gonna sell this, how we're gonna put it on the website, how we're gonna do Amazon. And then we sold our first bottle on July 23rd, 2019. And the rest is kind of like just flowing really nicely.
0: That day, you will never forget that day. No. <laughs> it's like your baby I, know, I remember, more, I remember the, the guy, <laughs>
1: His name is David Robertson. Uh, If he's ever going to watch this video, thank you so much, David.
0: (laughs) I'll make sure to tag him. Um, All right. So, you know, when you start as an entrepreneur, everybody will ask like, well, isn't that already something like that? Like here you are bringing your big idea and then people just bring you down. So what would you say is different about your brand?
1: Honestly, yeah, we heard those things a lot too. Like people who are especially on the tried and failed stage or they didn't even try like not trying is failing they say oh it's not gonna work it's like i'm like okay it's fine like if it doesn't work we're gonna learn something out of it and that's what i used to tell people i'm gonna invest fifteen thousand dollars in this business if i were to go to any good school somewhat top 100 american business school You will never get an education for $15,000. And I will guarantee you at the end of this journey, if I fail the first 4,000 bottles, I will still have a million-dollar, might might have a million-dollar worth of new experiences and knowledge and transactions. and Maybe that's going to help me with the next one. So that's kind of like my response to all these people who say, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But then what's the difference with our brand is It's the first brand that truly owns being Turkish because Turkey, and then in the meantime, we learn about the metrics and the data. Turkey is either number three or number four based on the season, but in terms of production, but in terms of consumption and then the brand power, it's nowhere to be seen because Turkish people sell these olive oils to Italy and Italians package it and say it's Italian and then they ship it to the US and they do the same thing from all these countries. They even buy it from Spain and branded Italian and then shipped to the US. So we said, okay, we are going to 100% own the fact that we are Turkish. That's how we created the brand. Zeytin literally means olive. Like there is no way that I should be able to just come out of nowhere and get a trademark for this. Like it is actually pretty surprising that this was open. And then uh, this was also my wife's idea, by the way. So um, uh, we did that and we fully owned it. And we said, we're gonna only do high quality like no matter what it is we don't want to be super mass from day one we want to be high quality and see what that brings to us and we will, we're not going to sacrifice on packaging we're not going to sacrifice on storytelling we're not going to sacrifice on taste quality lab tests and transparency like from the first day on we started posting our test results everyone says mine has this much acidity this many polyphenols but no one showcases test results and that's like what's How does FDA even let this happen? So we said, okay, we're going to be super transparent. We're going to approach this as a really grassroots organization that's super fundamental. And it's like your good neighbor that you love that brings you some like apple pie. And they talk about all these apples that they picked from this garden. It's so beautiful. And they poured their heart and soul into this apple pie. And they cooked it with, uh, I don't know, the best flour they found in Whole Foods. So we approached it the same way. And we said, okay, we're going to pour our heart and soul into this. And we are not going to cut corners and we're not going to compromise anything on quality. And we're going to give it a try.
0: I love that you say that transparency because there's like so many people cheating the system in so many ways. like just like they just cutting corners and claiming success. And if you really, if you want a sustainable business. It doesn't work that way. You, it, may, it has a very short term effect. And this transparency that you're offering is going to create this like loyalty for life. Yeah. I know I love the product I remember I was somewhere in Paris I don't know where I was when I ordered for my mom <laughs> and my mom really liked it my dad really liked it but when I came back and stayed a little bit with my parents I was the one to finish the bottle I was one eating
1: we live for this feedback
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't I think I told you right but uh, well I, it's a big bottle because when I arrived to my parents I was expecting you know the reviews didn't say that when I saw it online it just looked like a decent size but then I got it was pretty big it's like a bottle of wine and I finish it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I know so I highly recommend it
0: (laughs) so who helped you in the process was there anybody stepping in that actually made a difference in your journey
1: yeah it was the whole family in all honesty like uh you know my parents are doctors and uh they have full-time jobs really busy but my father used to go to the notary to get stuff notarized and and my mom does something when we need to send some samples for competitions my my baby sister is wrapping him in uh like a, a box and uh, the bubble wraps and all that stuff so like we're all because we can't physically be in turkey and in the u.s all at the same time so we're like we have to ask for people uh people's uh, like favors and the best people to ask for favor is uh, your family and your close friends and then a good friend of me from high school, we used to be uh, in Turkey, you sit in groups of two in, in your classroom in high school, like on a bench of two. So he was my bench buddy. He says, hey, I, I, we recently bought like an olive grove somewhere uh, and we did olive oil, but we didn't really know what we were doing. So it turned out to be horrible, but there are some people around us that know a lot of good things can you actually, you want to talk to these people? And I say, yeah, sure, let's talk to these people. And then you're talking to these people, you learn, okay, what's, what's to do, what type of olive to pick, when to target this, uh, when to actually buy, how much to pay, what the process is going to be like, what are the key attributes of good olive oil. So like, you're always asking these questions to people you know, people you don't know, you're asking favors, hey, can you do this for me? Can you connect me to that person? Can you connect with this to this person? And then after the first batch kind of was done, And we started getting some uh, like reviews and presents and sales on Amazon. Actually, the word got out in Turkey somehow. And then I was able to really reach everybody with one call, every olive oil manufacturer with one call and ask him, hey, do you have product this year? Do you have these specs? Do you meet these specs? Would you uh, sell me some? And I I was really in the area where I can actually reach out to people and ask him for their opinions, their products, and what's what should we do better and it's still like this like we have such a nice group of really boutique and prestigious producers in turkey none of them do business like very little one of them uh, do business in the u.s but we all come together as a circle and we try to benefit each other I'm like he says oh i did i kept the temperature at uh, this much celsius this year and turned out turned out to be five percent more fruity i'm like wow that's amazing geek talk thank you so much and then I say, okay, this year we actually did this and our oils were like this. And then we constantly, there's like a never ending process of um, uh, improvement and innovation and try to improve. improve. Like it's such an interesting product at the end of the day, olive oil, you just say olive oil and just move away. But it is, the more you get into it, the deeper it is actually. So you rely on a lot of different people.
0: That's exactly, that's amazing that you had that support and especially you were in the community local because you were able to get that feedback from people. And that's basically like when it comes to products like this. People want to support home, right? So yeah. that's the beauty where mm-hmm. right on home, you can get that support and expand from yeah. there. But also you have the business experience from the United States, which is actually a, not a bad thing to have. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. So let's talk about the awards because that's the part where it's like, oh my God, my judge dropped when I saw how many huh? you had.
1: <laughs> you have like four now, I think. See, five?
0: And I have to share this to the public, very short time that you got in this award. So, okay, so how did it start?
1: Our second batch, we got the awards because the first batch was after the production was done. So we had to find some olive oil and we didn't know what we were doing. But the second time was this time we walked into a farm before production and we said, we want this, 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 this metric. And in the meantime... I'm tasting so many olive oils, like I'm buying so much award-winning product from online, their websites, Italy, like we're purchasing and we're making like a catalog and a catalog of products that won awards recently. And we note them down. We say, okay, this product has crazy bitterness, really high fruity content, really low acidity, and they won a gold 17 years in a row, whatever. And then we made a catalog of what are the good attributes that will bring you an award. And then we chased down these people in Turkey who previously won some awards. And I reached out to them. I literally went to their website. I found their uh, phone numbers and I picked up the phone and I said, hey, my name is this. I saw your products. Beautiful. You got, a, you got a beautiful award. Can we talk about this? And then they say, yeah, sure. I'll give you 15 minutes. Let's meet for coffee. Let's do this. Let's do that. Some people invited us to their... Uh, olive grows it's really hard to get sometimes it's like you have to drive five hours even for Istanbul so when I was in the U.S. that wasn't really the possibility but we used to always have these phone conversations and then I said at the end of the day when we did our production we wrote, wrote down those parameters that we wanted to hit like temperature the the type of the olives the time that we're going to harvest the the longevity of the process that's going to be like the the olives get broken and they put into a like a nice uh, uh, container and they start churning like, like dough basically. So how long you keep it in that dough is really critical if you add water or not add water, like all these things are really critical. And we made a process plan of, okay, we're going to produce like this this year. And at the end of the day, all these awards, because the product turned out to be really clean, uh, defect free and then really high great attributes of the natural olive itself. And then these awards started coming. I remember the first award uh, last year during coronavirus. Normally they have big gatherings and like big parties and all that stuff. But they did like a live reveal. And the first time, actually the first time they did it, I was in my garage moving boxes from left to right. And I was moving all of all boxes. Like I was doing it myself. I was like, oh, this is hard. It's in the middle of summer. What is this? Because it was May. You know, we lived in Atlanta. It's humid and hot. So I check my phone because I, I'm like a Amazon seller app freak right now. I refresh it every 15 seconds to see how many we sold. And then that's like a disease that you can't shake it off. And then uh, I saw all of a sudden there were like notifications coming. Zayton wins silver medal in New York International olive oil Conference. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And I run inside and I tell people, I'm like, hey, we're crying. We're so happy about it. And then that was the first thing. And then we won the London medals, one silver, one bronze. We had one from Japan, and then the last one last year was like the Michelin guide for olive oils is an Italian guide called Flocholé, And then we were, they only took like nine people from Turkey and we were one of them. So that happens, uh, and like it's, it's really a gratifying experience. It's really a cool experience that this happened in our second, it's, it's actually our first full sales year. Like it's not even, I don't even count 2019 as a full year this is this 2020 was our full first year and then we win all these awards which was pretty spectacular so hopefully uh, may is the season of awards so next month uh, hopefully we'll hear some good news again
0: so yeah i see okay may is the time that you're preparing to get yeah. your suit and <laughs> for your authors yeah, exactly, uh, you exactly. um, gotta
1: be presentable in May. for they can I call it. me anytime
0: <laughs> i love it because So many people buy awards and they really fake it. And then some people have lost credibility on it, which is not fair for the people that actually create something really good and valuable and, and uh, that is really worth it. And uh, so I really want to bring this up because as I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people ask this question, like, how can I just like pay to get an award or cheat? And it's not fair when, when these awards you can't
1: pay these like, to to compete in these guys is $350. Like even competing is so expensive. I don't even know how you would actually bribe someone to get this award. It's like the most prestigious awards. We there are so many all of all awards. Like there it's sometimes even we don't even participate in Turkey for example because it's like it's interesting because we are from Turkey and we don't but I I don't want to do it because I just want to do it with the other international authorities because I want to remove myself fully from bias. So we only go to the ones that are like top of the cream, like top five competitions, one Japan, one London, one New York. There was one in LA that's not happening this year. And then there's one in um, Argentina. Like it's a handful anyways. So I don't know, like in other segments, I feel like there are so many awards and it's saturated, but for our segment, olive oil, yes, it's saturated, but no one cares about it. And these big ones, honestly, you can't you can't buy these. It's impossible.
0: And you got them. All right. So what's the part that you love the most about being an entrepreneur now?
1: Oh my goodness. The fact that we can just sit with my wife and say, we like this about the package, but don't like this about it. Or we like this taste about our uh, sample product, but not this. Can we change it and quickly go ahead and change it without going through, oh, can we have a, briefing meeting so we can brief the managing director and he can go up to his uh, SVP and then the SVP can go up to whoever. And then we need to get the steering committee's approval, which is like 17 SVPs. No, you just look at it. "Mm, I don't like it. And you change it. Like it's so simple. This, This package has gone through 17 different iterations in such a short amount of time. And we did everything ourselves. Like we write the copy. We say, Hmm sounds pretty magical just put it on like it's of course it has disadvantages that you don't have someone who's super higher experienced than you are and can stop you if you're going to make a stupid mistake but that's why you have the network that you have and you ask a lot of p- questions to people even people from outside of the industry because people from outside of the industry might have a fresh perspective because they're gonna or they don't know anything so they will ask something fundamentally uh, drastically different from your mindset and it will take it will change everything and will give you a new idea, but the freedom and then um, the freedom of being able to change things and launch new products and do the decisions yourself. We love this about entrepreneurship. It's just, it's like once you get into this, I don't even know, like I really love Delta, but I don't, I don't think so, like this is, this is great.
0: Yeah, it's like suddenly you discover a new love. Yeah, the love is greater. And that was exactly going to be my next question. Have you found happiness in this, this chapter of your life?
1: Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> it's uh, pretty fulfilling, in you know, all honesty. It is crazy. I mean, I, don't, I never worked like this in my life. I never, ever, ever worked like this in my life because at the end of the day, I used to be like, so what I spent? 15 hours in an office i know at the end of the day it's it's not only how much you work how great you are it's like there are so many other factors but this one i work so much and i know if i mess it up it's going to be my neck on the line but also if i create something from scratch and it's beautiful and it's gorgeous and it sells a million then it's my million it's nobody else's like in my corporate life we used to fix a pricing mistake and then it used to uh, turn in like a seven days revenue. It used to make $350,000, but your salary is the salary. So here, if you make it, it's yours. If you break it, it's yours. Uh, so it's it's really nice.
0: All right. So let's talk about challenges. What are the challenges as an entrepreneur that you face that uh, you would like to share with other people?
1: Yeah, you make a lot of mistakes. So it's, uh, and then you get demoralized a lot. I think these are really like, Actually, the, the biggest challenge for an entrepreneur, I feel like me being a new entrepreneur, is you look for this million-dollar idea, billion actually nowadays, billion-dollar idea, and it's like, what's that big idea? What's that big idea? And you're like always stuck in your desk job, waiting for that billion-dollar. You have to create the Uber of the new age or the clubhouse, for example. The more you wait for that billion-dollar idea, the harder it gets for you to actually achieve it. My biggest challenge was to actually get up and do something even though if it's been done before tried before failed before successful before just go ahead and do something like it doesn't have to be a magical new invention you don't have to make someone float or you don't have to uh, I don't know like do rain clouds out of nothing so just go ahead and do something that's the biggest challenge and once you get into doing something then the, the bigger challenge is how do you continuously improve? And how do you not get, get too emotionally attached to the product that you have, whatever it may be, to not see its flaws? Like the biggest thing is, when we receive a bad review on Amazon, if it's something amazingly stupid, like we get mad, but if it's something so smart and we never thought about it before, we immediately include it in the bottle. Like we had, someone was complaining about these caps, and this, this cap is the industry leader in terms of, I can't take this off. Okay, this cap is like a special cap. It doesn't flow on your neck. So it keeps it super clean. It keeps it super flesh. This is like so much money. This setup is so much money. A lot of cheap companies don't use this. They don't even bother. And I use it because I have so much love towards this product. And people say, oh, I can't open it. It doesn't flow. I tried to drill it with a drill. It doesn't flow. I'm like, what the heck? how and then immediately because that's like great feedback i mean it's stupid that someone had tried to drill this but it's great feedback so what we did is we created a video and it's immediately as soon as you open this box like that's the first thing you see is here we say you can't get the bottle to pour here's the qr code there's a video watch it we have a lot of imagery everywhere else that shows how to use it so if you get too attached and if you call everyone stupid and not say I don't care about what they say and not make that change. Then you get stuck in that place where you start going downhill and you don't even realize that until you hit the bottom. And that's the biggest challenge. The second biggest challenge is like, how do we uh, increase our reach? Like in, our, in our portfolio, for example, we really noticed early on that olive oil is not something that sells super fast. Like it, is, it has a really high social currency. People love talking about it. People love learning about it, but even if someone loves this bottle, they will only use it in 30 days. 30 days is a long time for a repurchase. So now our idea is how can we actually get into categories that are related, but faster moving? So now you have to continuously evolve and learn and learn and do everything all over again. Now, a new category would mean for me to go into Amazon because we don't use anybody else. We never did for me to... We don't, we shoot our own product photography. So I'm going to have to go shoot product photography, create another website for it, and then create Amazon listings and create the SKUs and understand how the supply chain is going to work. Find the vendor, try to perfect the recipe and all that stuff. And if you get tired of this because your previous product does not fulfill you, then that's like you get stuck there and you don't know how to move forward. And uh, I feel like that's only possible to do as you continuously leap from this to that or continuously improve continuously change things up so you don't get bored and you don't get kind of like stagnant
0: that is fantastic because it's true if you get discouraged in the setbacks and the bad reviews where the criticism come and then you really cannot uh, yeah. you know do something about it then it's not for you
1: yeah because <laughs> it your boss matter. is not gonna walk in and say, "Hey, ahat you messed it up this time, but I need you to be on your game again tomorrow. No one's gonna tell you that. it's It's only up to you. Like you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, "Well, it sucks. I know it hurts. It's painful, but you gotta get up and do it again and do it better this time.
0: Yeah. Show so the bottle, I want people to see the bottle. <laughs> so
1: this is so with this product now, I'm in uh, the Carfer ecosystem. Uh-huh. So this is my Turkish line. This is like a retail line that we have, uh, for, for our, for our U.S. and European the blue business and
0: gold is very Turkish.
1: Yeah, I know. It's like, we really like, <laughs> it's the beautiful. and then we have the, we have the other ones, the fat ones, these ones are our babies. This That's is like the, the premium, the premium yeah. line. It's printed on it. it's beautiful green. And then we have a gold version of this same thing as well, like this bottle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah, we have a different couple of different uh, options, varieties. We just played around with it.
0: Yeah, just have fun. It's funny when you uh-huh. say the cap because I I do experience that when I just am cooking or and then I end up with oil whatever in my and I'm always I'm like a little girl and I just lick it or just clean with my clothes and it's yeah. just not a good thing to do I never grew up in that sense <laughs> so for me the cap that's a really that's a very important it protects my clothes
1: <laughs> exactly I know yeah <laughs> um, and so, so bad reviews but we're not going to change it. Well. well
0: you're using what you should do you take the feedback and do something positive with that criticism and then yeah. discard what doesn't serve you because there's going to be people that are going to criticize out of jealousy or just because they're bored you know who yeah. knows their intention but you utilize the right feedback to make the product better yeah. and you know, it's like yeah. test product you're getting like feedbacks so it's good exactly yeah for free <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. they actually they pay you, right? Because they bought a the product and now they give yeah, they you a product.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not so, worth the heartache, but they bought it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so a couple more. And uh, so how do you feel like your role has changed as a founder? You know, where you were working as an employee in a company, now you're a founder. What opportunities do you see for yourself for your own fulfillment?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just do everything, uh, which is great. It's just so much more learning at the end of the day because even if you're in a progressive company where they have a matrix organization that lets you learn a lot of different things. And if you can, even if you're in a good place where you move up the ladder or do a lateral every 18 months, 12, 24 months or so, it's never going to be as quick as an entrepreneurship uh, ecosystem. I mean, if it's not for you, it's not for you, but if it's, if you really crave good information improvements, and uh, if you are not shy about picking up the phone and calling people and asking for good old information, what they know, asking for experience transfer. And then um, if you're not shy about one day working uh, in a a warehouse versus the next day presenting in front of buyers with a suit and tie and a $5,000 setup, then uh, this is is great for you. If you want some really uh, like a, a progress where you can see where you're gonna end up in six months, Maybe not so much, but if you want these crazy up and downs and the roller coaster ride, and if you enjoy that, if you want to wear a lot of different hats, I feel like that is why entrepreneurship is perfect for somebody.
0: Now you understand ownership, understand. ownership
1: is really important too. Like in a company, how much can you really own your job? Like how much? I thought I could own it 100%. But once you move into an entrepreneurship landscape and entrepreneurship ecosystem I knew that I know now that I didn't really own it that much now I own this like I fully own this and I will do whatever it takes to fix as tiniest of problems that I might have overlooked in my previous life
0: yeah sorry I clicked the wrong button I love that you said that because when we work in office, you know, we get all these challenges and obstacles, and they're like, okay, well, we can't do it. Too bad, and then you move on to the next thing, right? Next meeting. It's very (laughs) different now, and and I. funny thing is that there are days when i find myself like in not the fanciest clothes it's like not the fanciest like i wouldn't want people to see me and then the next is just like oh my god super business glamorous and speaking it's just people knew <laughs> yeah. i don't always look like this <laughs> yeah. but it gives you yeah. balance right yeah
1: exactly yeah yeah absolutely. all
0: right absolutely. i got one more question what is success for you
1: Ah, uh, i think success for us was starting that was a big success, so we are really pleased with the start and success now would be expanding uh, in terms of a product portfolio with like the additional products we have chocolates and nut butters that we have over here like pistachio butter and stuff, and actually get into retail so one two years down the road, we can say we're actually in three thousand four thousand retail locations across the u s and uh uh, we did it with seven different SKUs. That would be success for us uh, besides, uh, honestly, uh, uh, starting off. We have other strategies in mind where we can actually uh, consider our other uh, things as success, for example, like smaller successes, uh, which is going to be the continuous uh, uh, protection of our ranking on Amazon from an all of standpoint and actually getting into additional programs with Amazon and growing that business, uh, growing the website is, it would be a huge success going direct to consumer would be great, but, uh, that's only possible with additional products and additional innovation. So, uh, constantly pushing and not repeating what we have done six months ago, uh, is success for us. Like it's, it's amazing. Like we, I, I left Delta in August last year and, uh, It's been, even though we like did a lot of other life events, like moving and stuff, uh, still so many things have changed. And that is success because normally if you stay in a job like this, even if the surrounding area changes, you don't really change all that much. Uh, So I think we are now uh, in a place where we can say, okay, it's, it's pretty successful. And
0: what about on a personal level?
1: Personal level, I think starting was great. Uh, getting independence and really tackling this full time—that was uh, with this business. It was success, and uh, seeing the kids grow—that's the biggest success of them all. So, we're hoping that uh, with this job, it's actually we get to spend a lot more time with them, which is amazing.
0: And you get to teach them our entrepreneurship to them, so they grow
1: yeah, up. Yeah, they grew yeah, up they, up. they, they, they—all of them, not all of them, because the little one doesn't talk, but. <laughs> Both of them, they say, I'm going to be an olive oil person when I grow up. So I'm like, good for you.
0: <laughs> it's your legacy. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. You better send me some of that chocolate I saw in the bag. You know, I was always buying the Turkish the chocolate. The chocolate
1: is great. I mean, we created some amazing new flavors, which is, like, we have the pistachio butter. Everyone has pistachio butter, but this is, like, 100% pistachio butter, and there's nothing else in it. One of them, and one of them only has sugar. So none of the weird stuff. But this one thing is my absolute favorite that we started, uh, which is almond butter with Turkish coffee and dates. So it has only three ingredients. When you open it up, it's the, 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 it smells like a beautiful Turkish coffee or like an espresso shot. And then when you eat it, it's almonds still and you don't have any added sugar. It's like, it's like this magical product and I cannot stop eating the samples, which is a problem but and then we have this chocolate butter i call the nutella killer because it doesn't have any sugar in it one of them Uh, is sweetened with stevia or dates so these are like really cool products that are coming in and we're really hopeful for these so hopefully uh in by the end of may we should be able to start selling them
0: I was going to ask if I could order some right now because that date with uh, chocolate is pretty awesome. So may yeah, Okay, I, I will mark that. I mean, yeah. did you well, make this recipe? Fair. Say that again? Did you come up with that recipe?
1: Try and error. It's trial and error. We talked to a lot of specialists and we told them, how about we do this? How about we do that? How about we increase the consistency? And then they tell us, oh, you can actually add cocoa powder to increase consistency. And we're like, yeah, let's do that. Let's try it out. And then they go inside. They have like a chocolate shop. It's like a bean-to-bar chocolate place. It's the perfect place to be. Oh, whenever we go to meetings, I always take my kids and then because they love it. And then uh, there's like chocolate fountains everywhere. We can't really concentrate on the business conversation in that place. And then they go inside, they mix it up and they bring it. And then we taste it. We say, Oh, this is delicious. This is amazing. This is a keeper. And then we say, okay, how can we do the other products? can you add dates instead of the traditional beet sugar? And then that's how we kind of developed things. We always pose these challenging questions to people who really know their business really well. And they either say, that's stupid. If they say that's stupid and we can't do it, we just walk out and we don't work with them. But if they say, let me try, I mean, I never tried it before, let me try. And then we immediately click with these people and then uh, we have these beautiful products.
0: Yeah, because you want the right people that are going to be on board with that, with yeah. this, this experience, right? They, yeah. they want to create this for you. So, yeah. okay, so when you have another like chocolate tasting party or something, invite me because that sounds like awesome party. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, I, can, I can, I'm not brutal. I'm not going to open this and bite this right now, no. but this is some pretty good uh, <laughs> Turkish pistachio chocolate. I mean, I thought it was good like other stuff that we used to eat, like lint and stuff, used to, but this is 72% cocoa, bean to bar, it's like perfection, it's, it's, it's really good.
0: Right, and now I want chocolate, okay. See, see, let
1: me show you something, let me show, you. I open this package and immediately there are notes under here, it's like saying do this, do this and do that, this is how we keep things moving forward, I didn't even know. I should keep this package,
0: probably. Yeah, keep it. At <laughs> least take a photo. Because <laughs> yeah, you're going to have notes. You have notes everywhere. This is what we do. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you, Hardy. It was fantastic. This was more than I expected. You. you got so much done already. It's just very, yeah, very inspiring awesome. in yeah. a very thank little so time.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. I mean, it was. I, I cannot stop talking about these things. So <laughs> thanks for being patient with me, too. <laughs>
0: welcome to my world (laughs) all right well thank you so much (laughs) okay
1: bye